0: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
2: Philadelphia! We're talking about practice. World
1: f-ing Champions.
2: Next question. everybody welcome to take off with john clark i am john clark please subscribe and rate and review this podcast and we want to welcome in our special guest we appreciate his time because he is a very busy man these days sixers president of basketball operations daryl Morey. appreciate your time daryl
1: thanks john it feels like it hasn't been too long but i guess it has uh, you were you're my first uh, my first interview in town which was pretty cool I love it. And we appreciate that. And by the way, it's kind of crazy to think that you were hired just
2: five months ago, boom, you go right into the draft, then free agency, and now the trade deadline all within five months. Let me ask you, what is the most uh, sleep deprived endeavor out of all those?
1: Uh, The draft is usually because you have free agency that hits right on the tail and the prep level for the draft is higher than the trade deadline because Both are important, but you have to study, you know, hundreds of players for the draft and be ready for different dynamics that could happen then. So I'd probably say around then, around the, around the draft.
2: Well, when I first caught up with you, when you were hired, I remember you saying you can make all your moves now, or what you like to do is you like to leave a little bit of
1: flexibility,
2: some room so you can see your team play, find something you need to improve on. Is that kind of what happened here trading for George Hill?
1: Yeah, I think uh, as we went through the season and us mapping ahead to the playoffs and uh, the set of teams that we'll likely have to beat, uh, you know, Coach Rivers felt like a two-way guard uh, was uh, one of our needs, and, and so we were able to address that. But yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Look, I mean, the world's an uncertain place. I mean, we we try to make sure every year we're the the, the best team in the league, but you know, uh, often you're not. And so it's, it's good to leave yourself the ability to make the upgrade where you have an injury, uh, or, or a need that, that emerges. Have you been after George Hill for a while now? A very long time. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I talked to his, his agent is, uh, you know, his, uh, one of his longtime friends, uh, Matt and You know, we've almost signed him in free agency a bunch of times and just out, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So it did feel like a personal uh, reunion that uh, we were able to finally uh, get him on a team.
2: I remember when I first talked with you, I asked you about being in Houston and Golden State Warriors were obviously one of the best teams of all time there. So you made some moves, you made deals to try to get past them and beat them. Are you now looking at the Brooklyn Nets in that same way? Because I just heard you say you felt like there was a need there for teams you could face in the playoffs.
1: Well, I also George Hill beat Golden State, so he did something I didn't do, uh, which is great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say we're targeting one team. I mean, I think the the, the the favorites are pretty well aligned at this point, Brooklyn, us, and Milwaukee in the East. That's to say, not not to minimize, I mean, you know, several other teams are – can be dangerous and can probably knock out one of those top teams. So we have to be aware But but um, you know, looking at the top teams, um, Brooklyn being obviously probably the favorite going in the way they're playing with a lot of switching and they're going to target um, they're going to target certain players on, on defense. So yeah, we felt like a, a two way player on the perimeter who can play D uh, and then also shoot at a very high level. Uh, honestly, I didn't think someone would be available, but the fact that someone was, was, was really great. So when
2: you're going into the trade deadline and every night you're seeing your team play, especially without Joel Embiid and even a couple games without Seth Curry, when you're seeing how well they're playing and winning without those guys, does that lead you a certain way that you don't need to make a big move or, or how, how's that feeling going into it?
1: Um, I think it really depends on who's available. Uh, yeah, to your point, where the team's playing and then, you know, what are what are the kinds of things in the future that would, uh, you know, what, how much we're willing to, to hurt our future odds to do those. And it didn't really get very close yesterday. George Hill was very clearly the move. We felt like he really helped us this year and actually increased our odds down the road because of, you know, the back end of George Hill's contract. We can keep him um and you know if he plays well that's almost for sure what we'll do or you know if if for whatever reason the fit isn't there 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 are ways to uh work together uh with with his agent to to, you know to create a win-win situation uh for the franchise so um yeah I feel like I didn't totally answer your question so you might have to remind me (laughs) I just started going you asked me about uh say again
2: Uh, You you kind of answered it. So, so, you know, obviously there were a lot of reports out there yesterday. There's a lot of things out there, especially in a social media world. Does it get annoying when you start to see reports that you're like a leading candidate to get somebody else? And then there's certain players on the Sixers mentioned.
1: Yeah, that's often agents or other teams like trying to uh, drum up things. I think if honestly, if people stuck to, to the reliable sources out there, Um, it would help a lot, but you know, it, it is what it is. We all live in the, in the, in the media environment, uh, that can get it. But, you know, really our decision-making can often get extremely hard where you have multiple options and like you're trading off odds now versus odds in the future. Uh, but the, the George Hill move, you know, which we would have even done a day early. It was, it was the leading contender, just the fact that it was a three-way, uh, made it, uh, made it something that took until, till the, the deadline day. Um, you know that one, that one was very clearly the leader. Um, you know, given given the options and the, you know what people were asking for.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: When you see certain names thrown out there in the media, one of them was Danny Green. And you see how Danny Green goes and performs in L.A., then I take it back to Ben Simmons. His name was mentioned out there for a certain guy who has the initials J.H. Um, how impressed have you been with Ben Simmons, the way he's performed after that? Because I was told that he was really devastated when he heard his name was possibly out there in trade. And then Danny Green, how he played.
1: Yeah, um, part of the business, unfortunately. But we try to minimize it by, by communicating and, 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 and talking uh, as much as we can. Uh, with them I remember the part of the question I didn't answer I think we in terms of how well the team is playing and how that factors in I would say we're trying to map forward to the playoffs Uh, obviously whether we have home court is is in a big way dictated by how well coach rivers and his staff and Ben and Tobias and and our role players uh, who are have the team playing right now it's not a massive factor because you know you know, my job and the front office job is to really map forward to the play- playoffs. And, you know, there's not a, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a ton you can always learn, um, you know, you know, beating a team without their two stars. We're missing multiple players. <laughs> like it, you, you, you try to learn as much as you can, but you, you have to more map forward to the, the playoffs and, and think through that than, uh, than, than anything else. So one
2: more question about the trade deadline and possible trades. We've seen the Houston Rockets trade some players. You obviously left Houston and came to Philly pretty quickly. Do you think in any way Houston, because there's rumblings that they don't really want to make a deal with you and help you out. you think that that's the case?
1: They're, I mean, I don't want to talk about that too. They're very professional. I can't imagine that's the I've seen those rumors and stuff. I can't. I think they're just making the best deals. I think Rafael and Eli, you know, who are there do an amazing job. And I think, you know, if, the, if, if we're the best deal for their franchise, you know, for sure they'll make it. I don't, I don't put anything to the, to that. And when you've talked about judging a deal, judging value, you're talking about right
2: now and then a couple of years down the road, you don't want to lessen the probability of you being able to win a championship. Um, do you ever look at the window that you think you have with Joel Embiid, him being a big man and he's had some foot injuries and knee issues. And you went through that
1: in Houston with Yao Ming. Yeah. you You have to, you have to look at that. Of course we look at it. So if there, if there are multiple moves and, and one, you know, you know, we're, we're perfectly comfortable giving up some future to try and push, you know, push our odds higher uh, this season. We put the most weight on the season, but you know, frankly, like, nobody made it hard on us yesterday. They, it like George Hill actually, we, we think is a huge upgrade. You know, maybe some people see the other options as bigger, but assuming even that's true, like that, that it was, it was in, it was in La La land really like, I mean, and, and you could see, you know, when certain players weren't moved, you know, that that was true. I remember talking with you and, and Doc Rivers told you
2: that he thinks this team can be the number one defense in the NBA. This is actually coming to fruition. You think you can go into the playoffs as the top defense in the league?
1: Yeah, Coach Rivers and Dan Burke and and really the players who are out there playing on the string, playing, you know, hard every night, deflections, uh, you know, just everything. We feel like our championship formula is to be the number one defense in the league. We feel like we are that when we're healthy. Uh, we're, you know, we're showing that it's a little bit of a weird year to look at, you know, the data with all the changes, but, I think we're number two. We expect we'll be number one at the end, even with all the players out. Um, but more importantly, all season with everyone healthy, we've been number one, regardless of uh, regardless of anything else. And we think that's where we hang our hat. Uh, our offense will key off our defense, and and we feel like that's our formula. That was the formula that Coach Rivers had when his Celtics team won the title. They were the number one defense by a good margin, and and their offense keyed off that. And and we feel like the top defenses are formula this year as well. And I know
2: you have said you think the biggest addition to the Sixers I saw on Twitter, you said, you think it's doc rivers. Um, when you look at what he's done with this team and and even Tobias Harris, maybe Tobias Harris was playing out of position last year, but especially with Tobias, what do you think doc has done with Tobias to have a career year now?
1: Yeah. And really up and down the whole roster. It's not just Tobias are uh, all having career years. And, uh, you know, it's not an accident, uh, Coach Rivers and his staff. I think the, the thing that Doc does is he, he puts the players in their best position to succeed. Um, and uh, he had a great familiarity of what kind of actions and where Tobias likes the ball and where he's most comfortable. And, uh, and he also has Tobias playing his best defense, too. Like that, uh, I've been so impressed with the work Tobias has put in uh, and the environment that the coaching staff has put him in. To, to make him the player that, uh, you know, not, not make him, but to have him be the player that, that everyone expected when they made that big trade, which has turned out uh, turned out really well for the franchise. So
2: I'll be a little quieter with this question.
1: Are you almost- Just like sneak- Connie Chung, whisper it to me. Right, right. <laughs> whisper it to me. <laughs> okay,
2: I'm ready, yeah. Are, are you almost kind of sneaky, you know, quietly happy that Tobias, was not an all-star because of the chip on his shoulder and it seems like the anger that he has because he was yelling out a uh, home game recently mm-hmm. I'm an all-star mm-hmm. and you saw it's kind of like personal to him
1: yeah I, again only Tob- yeah, that's Tobias that only uh, I mean I think he was playing great before and after so I don't I'm not uh I'm not sure. I think I'd prefer that Tobias would go like Michael Jordan and make the all-star team and then dream up ways to get angry if he needs that, you know, so he gets both, gets the benefit of both. So Yeah.
2: I mean, but, but it is amazing because you can tell how much that's affected him. And and do you think it, it really is something that's driving him even more to prove to people that he deserves to be?
1: Well, I think he understands that he's one of the top players in the league and he's frustrated that folks haven't recognized that. But I think it's coming when you're the top team in your conference uh, and he's playing night in, night out, consistent, you know, all-star level basketball. I think that's when the respect comes. And and I think he he's looking for that and, and he deserves it. And it's coming.
2: What's been your biggest surprise or biggest revelation, whether it's with a player, uh, the way you play or something like
1: that since you've taken over? Um, hmm, biggest surprise. Uh, that's a really yeah. I have to think about that. You might have to edit this part as I as I pause and, and ponder. <laughs> we um, can play some Jeopardy music. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. I mean, I like to be thoughtful in my answers, so that's what I'm thinking. You always I, are. Yeah, I try to be. Um. You know, actually, I'll just stick with Tobias. I think uh, I you don't really appreciate someone's defense until you're up close because it's a little harder to judge from a distance if you're not watching them every single night than offense. And uh, I would say, you know, Tobias's defense, uh, you know, at a, at a high level, I knew Ben's and Joel's was um, but Tobias. So, you know, a lot of my job is, you know, building off of the star players. So I spend a lot of time thinking of those players even more before taking a job here. and, And so did Doc Rivers and, uh, coming in, I, I expected, I expected Tobias to to be a better offensive player than maybe I knew because I just felt like, you know, when he was put in the right situations, he was good. But defensively, he's he's really stepped up and played at a level that that uh, I didn't know he had.
2: Is there anything about Joel and Ben, your stars as you talked about, that you you see every day and you're like, wow, that's even better than I thought, or kind of surprises me?
1: I would, I would say defensively, but I would also say, you know, coming in, a lot of people were like, hey, the two of them can't play together. And I, would, you know, really, I mean, I was open-minded. I didn't, you know, until you work with someone every day, you actually, it's really hard. Our job is to do our best from a distance to evaluate them when we're at other franchises, but you don't really know until it's every day. And and uh, the Joel and Ben fit is uh, is one that, can work and has worked and will take us very far. So I, that that was one that uh, I was able to to knock out of my mind that a lot of people thought coming in. Everybody was talking about Joel Embiid
2: being possible MVP, and now it seems like at least Vegas or, or whoever they are, they're saying the odds now are with a couple of other guys because Joel has missed, I think, like 14 games or something. Do you think that's fair? Do you think he should still be in the conversation right there for mvp or do you think he still is
1: yeah i mean that goes to the what is mvp and honestly what the the criteria for mvp literally changes based on what's convenient by year like usually it's like winning at a high level and then being the main driver of that winning but you know there have been some famous years that i've complained about where they they chose players that weren't even on very winning franchises so that drove me crazy. So I've given up trying to understand how they pick at this point. So
2: I like how you kind of got away from the question as well.
1: That was that was very <laughs> well. I mean, I to me, like if yeah, so if, if 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 it's do you have the biggest impact on winning in the league? Then I think Joel's it. But you know, if your criteria is you got to play a bunch of games, then someone's gonna knock them off. I mean, I I, I you know, frankly, like I don't know, it's like a 200 voters, and I I can't tell. From year to year, it's very inconsistent. So I mean, I wouldn't want to work for the voters of MVP. That would drive me crazy because from one day <laughs> to the next, I'd be I'd be something different. So I couldn't take that. No, I feel you. A couple more
2: questions for you. Um, ben Simmons is obviously so skilled, and I, I recently asked Greg Popovich. I said, "Can Ben be considered elite if he really doesn't shoot?" And obviously, I mean, he could be Defensive Player of the Year, and he's so talented. And and Greg Popovich said he is elite, but Every once in a while when I'm at the gym or something, somebody's like, hey, man, what, when is Ben actually going to shoot the ball? So, in your opinion, like, I see him pregame and that shot looks nice. The, the three-pointer that we saw in the game, it looks nice. Do you eventually want that as a part of his game?
1: Well, I like to ask Popovich that because he gave the answer I've given, and uh, but he he can – he's allowed to like say it more gruffly and direct, you know, than I, than I or maybe he's smarter than me. I, I, I tend to be long winded at times. Uh, look, Ben Simmons does shoot. I mean, anyone who can shoot free throws at, at, uh, at the level he does can shoot. We all know he can shoot. Uh, I think he's a very smart basketball player though. Like if you, if you can shoot 60% on certain shots, why would you choose to shoot 40% on a different shot? Like it does like, you know if it, if we're winning like we should do, do the things that the players are good at comfortable at and help us win why why uh why hammer him into uh why hammer the the square peg into a round hole let's just appreciate for the great player he is which is what popovich said and and uh you know he can take us to the promised land that's all that matters yeah pop said uh who gives a damn if he can't shoot he's elite already yeah see yeah, it took me two minutes to say that he said it in Three seconds, so you know that's why Pop has five rings and I and I don't. So So
2: I know from talking with you just how badly you want to win a championship, and we saw you had some great teams in Houston, but you were going through one of the greatest teams ever built, and, and and on the court, the Warriors. So when you have the NBA the way it's set up this year, it doesn't seem like there's that clear favorite. Do you really, in your gut, feel like you have as good a shot as anybody to win a championship this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, we know that if you lead your conference and you're the number one defense in the league, like, you know, those teams win the title all the time. So we know we have a chance, you know, what, what is it exactly? You can, you can look at outside measures, but we know we have a very good chance. Coach Rivers, you know, Ben, Joel, Tobias all have us playing at a high level. And, you know, we'll see. I, I you know, I do think uh, there's some scary teams. I do think Brooklyn is 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 really put together uh, something that uh, is playing at a very high level and, you know historically uh obviously the lakers have a guy that uh is, is in the is in the finals every year so um you know we're, we're right there but but I, I agree there there's no obvious you know golden state or or 90s bulls to, to go through thankfully but it's still going to be a really tough road if we make it
2: well we really appreciate your time i know your time is valuable so i have one other question for you your social media presence it's very impressive and i often wonder where you get the time to do all the things? Do you have somebody helping you or working with you? And why do you do it so much?
1: Well, my daughter does my Instagram, so that she helps me with that. With uh, with uh, with Twitter, I mean, honestly, it's just uh, I do it the same as, as as former presidents. You know, it's when uh, when I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the rumors people people talked about, but you know, there's a lot of dead time on elevators and things like that. So it's you know it's. Uh, um, I I enjoy, like, look, part of this job is people root for a team because they want to feel like they're part, they want to feel like they're part of something, part of uh, a fandom, part of a community, uh, and they, and what they, they like to have a connection with authentic players, authentic coaches, and I, I think an authentic front office that is all together trying to win a championship and you know, I think that's an important reason that people are fans of a team and come to our games. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my job is to win. But at a higher level, it's more Scott O'Neill's job and Josh Harris's job. Like we're an entertainment product and winning's the best entertainment. But also, you know, liking the players and the coaches in front office, I think, is part of uh, part of uh, what we're uh, what we're selling. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks.
2: All right. Thanks, Daryl. And thanks for uh, listening to Take Off with John Clark. Subscribe, rate, and review where you listen to your, your podcast. Who I'm the greatest. mom
1: I'm so flagrant.